0: Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Kennedy Classics. Every year families throughout America gather around the dinner table to recount what they are thankful for, but for many they have forgotten what it's really all about. And that's not terribly surprising, especially when we hear of school children being falsely told that Thanksgiving was a time when the pilgrims gave thanks to the Indians. But why is that? Sadly, there are those at work who are trying to erase God from our nation's heritage. Times have not been easy in America recently. We are at the moment a very divided nation, and we need not look far to see that we are running off the rails Of a moral and civil society. Yet we can learn a lesson about giving thanks in all circumstances from our Christian pilgrim forebears who stopped to give thanks under circumstances far more grave than our own and who saw God's hand of blessing do amazing things. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his classic message Pilgrims. Give thanks.
1: Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the fifth chapter of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 5, we shall begin our reading with verse 14. May we hear the inspired word of our God. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And may God speak to us today through this portion of his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. If you were to ask the average American today what they know about the pilgrims, they might tell you that, well, they're the ones that invented Thanksgiving and the eating of turkeys... Well, why did they do that? Well, because they were so happy about uh, the wonderful crops and the abundance that they had here that they wanted to give thanks to the Indians. That's what Harcourt Brace textbook, 11th grade, teaches students. I talked to somebody just this morning who, until they were an adult, believed that at Thanksgiving the pilgrims... Gave thanks to the Indians. What were they thankful for? For the abundance of their crops? No. There was no abundance. The average meal that winter consisted of five hard kernels of corn on the plate. Period. Just about exactly 50% of all the pilgrims had died in that first winter of 1621. They landed in early December of 1620. And now it is the fall of 1621. Half of them are gone. There's, There's virtually not a family left who has not lost a husband or a wife or a child. Little food. Many were still sick but they were men and women of the book. They believed the word of God. By the way, in 1623, there was another Thanksgiving and this time there was abundance. The crops were great. The food was quite abundant. They were doing well. They had Thanksgiving again. By the way, I trust you know what happened in between. 1621 and
2: 1623.
1: They changed their economy. Many people don't know that. Some of you do. You see, the London company that financed this adventure required, by the way, at 45% interest, which they paid off every nickel of it, they required that they have a Communal or socialistic, communistic government, and that everything be brought into a common barn and nobody own any property, and that it would be from each according to his ability to each according to his need. Long before Karl Marx wrote it out, the founders of this country had a communist economy. The result? Fifty percent of the inhabitants died. And then Governor Bradford said, we had thought ourselves wiser than God, and now it was each man for himself. And there was a piece of ground given to every family, and the increase was astonishing. There was a thanksgiving that took place filled with abundance. But the interesting thing is that the pilgrims gave thanks both in the good time and the bad. I wonder if everyone in this room had lost an intimate family member in this last year. How how joyous would be your Thanksgiving. Theirs was, in all things give thanks, is what they believed. And by the way, For a long time after that year, they they had five little dried kernels of corn on the side of their plate to remind them of the hard time that had gone before. But they were men and women who understood the importance of thankfulness. The scripture that we read today says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I believe that most people, even most church people, probably don't believe that thanksgiving is that important. I wonder how many of you in the last week, in the last month, or every day, make it a point to give thanks. We're to approach God with our supplications, with thanksgiving. And Paul makes it very clear in the first part of Romans... When he describes the decline of mankind into sin, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, and neither were they thankful. And from there, it is all downward. A downward spiral. Read the last half of the first chapter of Romans, and you'll see the plunge of mankind into depravity, immorality, and perversion. And it began with ingratitude. You know, ingratitude is not the kind of thing that most people give too much thought about as a grievous sin. It is very unlikely that the discipline committee of a church is going to call you before them for ingratitude. You can indeed be an active member of the church for decades, even an officer in the church, and maintain a life of ingratitude never even knowing perhaps how displeasing you are to God. It is the will of God that we give thanks in all things. Our scripture tells us today how important that is. You know, so often... Today, people believe that they deserve everything. They believe that they deserve all these good things, and one commercial after another will advertise almost anything, and then conclude by saying, "And after all, you deserve it." I remember when I was a young man growing up, it was common knowledge that anybody who said the world owes me a living was absolutely a scumbag. I mean, no decent upstanding person would ever make a statement like that. Today, people are absolutely certain, if not the world, certainly the government owes them a living. And by golly, they better get it. If they don't, they're gonna protest because after all, we deserve it. And by the way, God, I'm not so sure I like the way you're running this world. There are a lot of things going on that I don't approve of. And when we get to heaven, I'm going to have a long talk with you. Because after all, I deserve the best. It is, of course, all about me. You notice a lot of that attitude about God. Don't we realize it? It isn't all about us. It's all about him. He created us. For his own glory. For his own pleasure he did it. Not for us. But we have become so egocentric in our time that we therefore sense God isn't doing things exactly the way that we would like it and we're not really getting all that we deserve. What have we got to be thankful about? Ingratitude is a Very unkind sin. Shakespeare put it very well how sharper than a serpent's tooth is an ungrateful child. In all places, we're told, in all things, we are to give thanks unto God. How much of a place does gratitude play in your life? How often? Does God hear your thanks to him for what he has done? I wonder if we ever thought about giving thanks to God for the things not only that are seen, but also the things that are not seen. Giving thanks to God for his kind providence in the things that didn't happen to us. For example, suppose that your business This past year was going down and down and down. And things were getting worse and worse. And finally you're getting deeper and deeper in debt until at last, and at length, alas, you had to declare bankruptcy. And you'd lost everything. And then suppose that some kind friend came along and gave you enough money to pay off all of your debts, to get your business back in good shape again and bring you right back to the place you were before all of that bad stuff happened to you. You would be jumping up and down rejoicing about that, wouldn't you? Folks, that happened to every one of you this week. You're right back where you were last week before. And you never thank God at all for that. And yet, do we ever think about all the things that God does for us? How about every time we get in our car and take a trip? You think what could happen to you every time we do that? We should get into our car and thank God for his watching over us and taking us safely where we're going. Certainly that is something to be grateful for. Thanking God for not only... What we see, but also for what is not seen as well. How amazing the providence of God. How much we have to be thankful for. When we're thankful to God for even the bad things, because he says in all things give thanks, it's easy indeed to praise God for the good things that happen to us, even for the bad things that don't happen to us. Well, what about the bad things that do happen to us? What do we say about those? Well, none of us wants to see those, and yet they do come into our lives, and all of them. What shall we say? Well, you know, there are people that believe that God is the sovereign ruler of this world and that he controls all things that take place. There are others that believe he has nothing to do with it and some in between that think that God controls some things but not others and he's doing the best he can but he can't quite hack it that was the theme of the book by Rabbi Kushner a few years ago made the bestseller list well <laughs> it's remarkably similar to the views of H.G. Wells almost a hundred years before that H.G. Wells was a great writer and also a great skeptic, and he didn't really believe that God's providence controlled all things. He put it this way. He said, it's like God were the producer of a great play, and everything was going along beautifully. They were saying their lines, singing their songs, and the play was magnificent until one time the leading man stepped on the hem of the garment of the leading lady, and she tripped, and fell over a lamp that knocked over a table that knocked over the side scenery that brought the back scenery crashing down. And the producer, God, is running around behind stage eagerly, anxiously, desperately trying to get things back in order, but alas, he's not able to do so. And so Kushner said, we should pray for God. Poor God, he's doing the best he can. But if you believe that God truly is sovereign, then he is working in all things. And that puts a very different picture on those things. I've always been impressed with a letter written by John Davis, who was a missionary in the 19th century, and he was ministering to lepers. And finally, he contracted leprosy in his ministries, and Came to the place that finally he was near to the edge of death. Now we would say how tragic that is that this wonderful man should get such a terrible disease and and die. And shortly before he died, however, John Davis wrote this letter. "Quote: Do not." Now this is a man who is at the very edge of death. He has a horrible disease. Do not think me unhappy. My room is suffused with an ineffable light and the presence of one whose love is overpowering. He knew an unspeakable joy, even in the midst of what we might consider the most horrible of deaths. He knew that God was the sovereign Lord of the universe. And therefore, he didn't worry because he knew that anything that came to him must come to him from a sovereign father. And he also knew, secondly, that this God would work it all together for his good. For his promise that he would work all things together for our good. We don't know how, but we know that he will and that he does and that he is working all things together for good to them that love him who are the called according to his purpose. He is the sovereign ruler of the world and the one that is working things together for your life. And therefore, we can trust him. And in trusting him, that ends all fear and anxiety, all despair and hopelessness, because we know that God is in control and that he is working things together for our good. Ah, my friends... All of that we demonstrate by thankfulness. I would urge you to begin every day and end every day with thankfulness to God. May I ask you this? Have you ever thanked God for giving you the gift of heaven? If I ask you to raise your hand, I feel sure that some of you would not. And if that is the case, then that indicates a serious disease. And that is the disease of lostness. You cannot give thanks for what you don't know that you have. And so if you have never thanked God for heaven, the reason is you don't have it. You can't be thankful for what you don't have, for what you don't know that you have received. But if you have received it, then I would ask you, how often do you thank God for it? How often do you thank God for your election in Christ? That before the foundation of the world, he fixed his love upon you and chose you unto eternal life. Thanking him for Christ who left paradise and came into this cold, cruel world, this world of sin and misery and death, this one who took our sins upon himself and died in our place, This one who by his spirit reached out to us when we were perhaps not looking for him at all and drew us unto himself. I've often said, I was one of those about whom the scripture speaks. I will be found of those that sought me not. I wasn't seeking him, but he was seeking me and he loved me and he found me. I was the lost sheep, not he. How often have you thanked him for caring for you through all, these year, all of these years, for keeping you from falling away, for providing for all of your needs. And how often do we bemoan the fact that there's something that we might like that we don't have. Ah, my friends, ingratitude is a grievous sin. And I pray that God will help us to remember to be thankful every day And one way to do that is to determine to begin each day with gratitude and end it with gratitude. Then try to fill in the blank in between. And God will make you a grateful person. And you will be pleasing to your heavenly Father who has given us everything we have. What hast thou, saith the scripture, that thou didst not receive? Do you have a good mind? When did you make that? Do you have a strong physique? Who gave it to you? Do you live in a land of freedom, abundance and plenty? Was that your planning or his? How grateful we should be. May we pray also that God will increasingly give us the gift of gratitude. we might indeed be children pleasing to our Heavenly Father. In his name, may we pray. Father, grant us, in addition to all of the blessings that we have received in this nation, which are beyond what most people have ever known in this world, above all of that, grant us grateful hearts, we pray.
2: We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have so much to be thankful for in this nation. God has given us the freedom to worship him. And most importantly, in his mercy, he has given us the gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Do you know for certain that if you were to die today, that you would go to heaven? If you don't, the scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. If you're trusting in your own efforts, Your own good deeds to get to heaven, you need to stop. Your efforts, my efforts, will only gain us hell. I know that sounds shocking, but even more shocking is that the perfect Son of God, Jesus Christ, went to the cross to pay for your sins and mine. He did it out of love, and right now he is offering this gift to you. If you would like to transfer your trust to the perfect one, who is perfect in every way, Pray with me this prayer right now. Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and that I know that I fall short of your perfect standard every day. But I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart, cleanse me, and make me brand new. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. It's in your name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we'd like to help you grow in your new faith by sending you Beginning Again. In these pages, you'll find some answers to the questions that you might have about the Christian life. It also contains the Gospel of John from the New Testament so that you can begin to read and study God's Word. I recommend reading a chapter a day for starters. To receive your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And may this Thanksgiving be filled with joy and gratitude. And may God richly bless you.
0: As Dr. Kennedy reminds us today, every good thing we have comes to us from the hand of our gracious God. Like the pilgrims, we should show gratitude during the good times and the bad. Oftentimes, looking at the landscape of our country can be discouraging. But God is a God of hope and He offers strength and encouragement for each of us through Christ. Daily time in God's Word is vital for nurturing our spiritual walk and for growth in the grace of God. And it's also beneficial to have the guidance of those who have discovered precious treasures in the Bible. We have a powerful resource that will guide you in your daily time with the Lord. It's the daily devotional Strength for Today by Dr. D. James Kennedy and Dr. Jerry Newcomb. And we will send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the continuing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888 888- or go online to djkm.org this daily devotional filled with the inspirational teachings of Dr. D. James Kennedy as well as insights from Dr. Jerry Newcomb will provide you with day to day words of encouragement and biblical truth to help strengthen your walk with God Dr. Kennedy once said we were created by God to do great things, to soar high and make an impact upon our world for Him. Strength for Today is a collection of biblical truths that will help you live that out, taking you through the year in victory and with purpose. The encouraging wisdom of Dr. Kennedy will help deepen your love for God and give you a steadfast hope only found in His Word. And if you contact us right away, you will receive this devotional in plenty of time for Christmas because it makes a great gift. And it's available exclusively through this ministry. So please, give a generous donation to help us proclaim truth and spread the gospel. And we will thank you by sending you Strength for Today by Dr. D. James Kennedy and Dr. Jerry Newcomb. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box one eleven sixty four Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll free 888 332 3069, or go online to djkm dot org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.